0: You're listening to the best possible taste with Sharon Noonan, sponsored by the Taste.ie, voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining me here on this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and tonight we're going to hear from the Breton Hotel's chef, Chad Byrne, who has started an initiative to encourage more people to consider a culinary career. And we'll hear how the campaign has gone from strength to strength, thanks to support from all sides of the industry. Owen Sharkey from Maypereth Farm is on the road in Wexford with his mobile farm and explains how it's helping to educate people of all ages. And finally, towards the end of the show, we'll be hearing from Mary Kelly about the plant-based skin and beauty range from Dr Houshka. But before that, here's how to get in touch with me at the best possible taste. The email is s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at queenoforg as in queen of organisation and contact me also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So our first guest tonight is Chef Chad Byrne from the Brehan Hotel in Killarney. Earlier this year, Chad founded the Chef Collaboration Initiative, which has gone from strength to strength with minimal budget, but maximum support. I spoke to him earlier about the project.
0: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
2: Delicious. Mmm.
3: Chef Collaboration is... Uh, organic movement of a multitude of chefs from Killarney who got together, I suppose, to look at how we can project our industry in a better light. We have amazing young chefs out there that don't get the recognition they deserve. And what we decided to do is initially started up with our own chefs uh, in house in the Breton Hotel, the Muckras Park Hotel, the Lake Hotel with John O'Leary and Noel Enright. Two great guys. Um, basically to give our own chefs a platform to shine. Um, We got them working with some of the best in the business that we know very well. Um, Send them up for three days, bring them back down to Killarney, put them in a pop-up venue, um, make them the stars for the night, Uh, really highlight their their talents.
1: So it's about mentoring, it's about inspiring, it's about Um, training them as well and showcasing. Yeah, it
3: it is about mentoring them them and inspiring them. Like uh, just the one previously we had Philly Rowe from Glover's Alley. Amazing chef. Just top notch. Uh, Paul from Kinsale in Bastion down there, Paul MacDonald. Another shining beacon in Irish gastronomy at the moment. The chefs that went down there, the the food that they came back and did was just, it was second to none. Like the, the venues that we used are very... They're very working class, if 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 if, that, if I can say that. Um, it's all communal dining, very Viking style. Crack your bread. If you're a CEO and you're sitting beside a kitchen porter, I don't care. You're all in. You're you're all together. Everybody's together. It's very communal dining, very much the Walton style. It's uh, you have one knife, you have one fork. You lick and clean for the next course because it's it's not about uh, yes, sir, yes, madam. It's it's about the food. It's about giving young chefs that little spotlight to say look. This is what you can do. It's the food that they're doing for 70 to 80 people at cost price. And the reason why it's cost price, we want everybody accessible to go if it's a kitchen porter that wants to be a chef. I want him to be able to bring his family. I want them if it's a commie chef that has a has a young child, I want him to be able to afford it uh, at cost price. It's the best food you'll get anywhere in the country on so, a Monday.
1: So it sounds like you want the people that you want to come to dine are people that you want to consider going into a career. Well, in the kitchen, it's in it's, an ideal world. Yeah. Well,
3: the tickets are open for everybody. I keep half back for industry people because I I, I want, I want to entice industry people to come. But uh, it's it's open for everybody. Like our, our last one, we had about three or four different hotel owners come, and we had commie chefs, we kitchen porters, we. You know, it was just, an, it was amazing. But it's a holistic approach to food as well. It goes full circle, like the ingredients that we're getting from. From a lot of the ingredients have been sponsored just out of goodwill. From say, from if it's our beetroots, our veg, or meat, it's. The response that to what we've been doing has been has been, amazing. It's you know it's a breath of fresh air actually.
1: It's not what you expected by the signs of it.
3: No, well, it, well, it, it moved very organically. At first, it was just. We said we look after our own guys in our own hotels you know just mm-hmm. to give just to just to make them the stars and to say look we really appreciate what you're doing actually the next one that we're doing is in ird in Duhallow, which is um irish world development and it's a scheme for getting people they could have been troubled or whatever whatever happened it's about getting them back into work now they're working in a canteen out there but yeah they're going to be going to some of the best kitchens in The country we're going to be cooking in a marquee out in the IRD.
1: And tell us about the kitchens that they're going to who's mentoring for that particular event. You mentioned Philip Brew was one of the mentors for the last event, he's working in Glover's Alley with Andy McFadden, who would be he had he worked in a Michelin star restaurant and over Z- in Zat Bains,
3: Lavera with Andy McFadden as well. Um, at the moment, it's it's Paul again because it's it's down in Cork, um, it's local to him, so perfect. And you know, he's absolutely been. Since working with Paul, he's just just a brilliant guy. Just his passion for food and his passion for wanting to help people. You know, it shines through. So I I couldn't look further than Paul. Um, There's Liam Kerwin that's just back from... He's in the Montsnotty now now with Brian Bowler, but he's just back from Hawksmoor in London, which is a Michelin Star Steakhouse. But the food they do is... So you know, if we could replicate a steakhouse like that over here, boom. That's that's the caliber he he's coming from. There's okay. Richard Milnes, which is uh, Richard is down in League small restaurant, twenty five people. Food he's doing is you know it's very much everything is from his poly, everything is very local. It's class chef, patience of a saint as well.
1: And is that important to you that the ingredients used on the menu at these events are Irish produced? Do
3: You know it it. it it is and it isn't. Obviously, we're not using Irish olive oil, there's a rapeseed oil, o- olive oil that we're using, but since we did launch it on social media, so to speak, the uptake from Irish suppliers has been second to none and their ingredients, like if you look at Bally McKinney Farm, like, you know, you have their broccoli, you snap it a week later, I'm not saying that I have before a week, but you snap it a week later, you can hear that snap, you know, there's no wear miles, in it. It's, it's fantastic. Like. So we try and highlight as best we can, our Irish producers, yeah, I suppose. And
1: can you tell us what's on the menu at the next event on Monday, the 24th of September?
3: There's a man in Ban William called Pat Milkaqui that has absolutely gone beyond, gone beyond the pale looking after us with uh, some fantastic produce there. We haven't decided yet, that's down to that's down to the mentor and the prototype to come up together because it, it is... It's their menu, do you know, it's, it's it's not for me to decide. That's their passion.
1: Well, they'll be spoiled for choice from Willen because that's organic farmed venison. There's wild boar, there's goat. There's like, goat there there's as well. There's probably yeah. lamb as well. Yeah, um, I know at certain times of the year, he would have other different cuts of meat available there.
3: Ah, But but just just the fact that he, he's reached out and not only, you know, I was thinking, oh, he'll sponsor a main. But he said, whatever you want, do you know, to have that type of, you know, he's looking more he's he's a future thinker he's a visionary as well thinking about what can we do these are young chefs he wants to be he wants to be a part of this of course he does because he's supporting them when when they need him of course when they're going to be coming back from england australia the uk and their our first three star Michelin in Ireland from the Chef Collab, they'll remember him
1: absolutely. Well, we hope, I'm sure Pat certainly hopes so. As to Maria and uh, from Bally McKenney Farm and all the other different food producers that are involved, it is great to see that collaboration that gets called Chef Collaboration, but it's great to see that the collaboration extends out to suppliers as well and hosts. So the venue that you were talking about there in Duhallo, in Newmarket, where has it been before? Was it in the Brehan before or no, where was, did you host it? No, it was, it was
3: in a mutual venue. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's always been in a bar called Courtney's, which is on the High Street. It's uh, just upstairs, but it's very old school, rustic tables pushed together. There was the kitchen that was there wasn't really a kitchen. It was. It's a room, but we brought our own sous vide machines, uh, induction pots and induction pans. Um, or torches, but uh, it, it's usually, if it's in Courtney's, uh, cold starter, cold fish, hot mains, obviously cold dessert. And I've got to say a big shout out for using fridge space and freezer space to the Ross Hotel uh, across the road. Uh, Kira Tracy's been to all the events, so fair play Keira. Um after, when we come back to Kerry after IRD, it's going to be in a place called Dan Lennon's, which is a similar style event. And the reason, the reason why I want those type of, you know, pubs I suppose they have that atmosphere. They have that like there's no airs or graces. It's just come in, enjoy good food, mingle. Don't you know? Just just be happy. Yeah, it's it's you know it's a it's a community event as well. You know, like if you're you're supporting local suppliers, supporting local businesses that would be probably be dead on a Monday night. You're able to say, look, I'll fill this place out for you. They're chopping at a bit to get involved. Of course they are. You know, it's a it's a win win for everybody. And for me personally, you know, seeing the love and the excitement around it, like it's 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 a labor of love. You know, it is. It's just pure passion.
1: The numbers are always limited then to something. that is it like sixty guests? That's the the maximum that you like to accommodate.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, you know, the last one was about seventy five because. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll fit you in. Oh, yeah, I'll fit you in. I'll fit you in. And then when I was calculating the numbers, it turned out to be about 75 and it was a bit of a push. You know, it's just being a good Samaritan to everybody. But, uh, yeah, it's usually, in IRD, it's going to be 80 because the the setup there in. is absolutely phenomenal. Like, the a state-of-the-art kitchen that, like, Adair Manor would be jealous of almost, you know. Well, oh probably not that, but, like, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 Nevin McGuire is
1: very jealous of the Adair Manor kitchen. But
3: uh, it, it, it is state-of-the-art up there. But, um. After that, we 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 tend to keep the we tend to keep the numbers. We try to keep the numbers. If I don't feel too generous, at about sixty thereabouts. But you know, we could sell each event two three times over. Like the tickets are gone, literally in an hour once once they're released. I think you know, it's a, it's almost a good thing to say you're sold out because it, people want to go, and you know, there's a lot of videos of it online. Hashtag chef collab at chef collab. Absolutely,
1: Sorry. yeah. We must look at that now. Tell me about the menu for the last event. It's four courses, so can you remember what was served for each course? Um,
3: yeah, before people arrive in, we put four different bouches on the table, just a little pre-taster um, of chef's choice, whatever they want to do. It's it's, it's you know, it's a little surprise when people come in, four different amuse bouches. Amuse bouches is a bit pretentious of a word, I suppose. Little pre-starters. I think
1: snacks, snacks seems to yeah, be the in-word no, It's always snacks. Yeah.
3: Snacks, so... Start off with four snacks, whatever the chefs want to do. The last one, they had a mini lamb burger, but it was a puff pastry burger, which is sounds quite weird. It was baked in the puff pastry. They had a corn tortilla, Nino Blanco, actually corn tortilla, which are, which are made in Ireland. They're an amazing corn of them with a cara hummus, uh, some puri prawns and some... They had a sprinkling of cashew, smoked onion crisps and... Black and white sesame seeds and baked chicken skin with a uh, chicken parfait, some uh, grapes and sumac powder. That was absolutely banging. The last one was a little fruit shot, but there was a little bit of putching and it got people everybody oh, in a good well, mood. I and the putching was homemade as well. by one of the chefs, So, <laughs>
2: I
1: presume you don't have a choice now. You're not catering no, for there,
3: lots there, of dietary there, 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 requirements here. No, it, no, the, no. If if there is a dietary requirement, and, um, and we're filled in in advance, absolutely, of course, we would, you know. Like that's a serious topic, you know. You you wouldn't ostracize anybody for having a food allergy, um. But there is no choice. It, it like at, usually it's twenty quid or twenty five quid, whatever. The is that is. how
1: much it is? Is it only twenty or twenty five quid a ticket?
3: That's how much it is. The what we cover in is the chefs coming down, their accommodation, wh- whatever they need. Obviously, there's a lot of ingredients being sponsored, but we'd have to buy in a, a lot of it. Do you know, we, yeah, we would. it's very good value, but, uh, isn't it? Good value. You won't if you have four of the best chefs what I consider in and around the best chefs in the country on a Monday night cooking that level of food for 25 quid.
1: So is it the, the mentors that are doing the cooking and then the, the mentees are kind of learning, watching, supporting? Oh, see, that's, that's, that,
3: that's where the crack begins. The kitchen is owned by the protégés. When the protege is sending the starter, his mentor, his or her mentor will be in and they will cook together and they'll send it. Who's serving the food is the chefs, the mentors, the rest of the other chefs. Fish course is usually cold, so it's protégé, mentor. The rest of the chefs cooking. It, there's no uniforms. It's we're all in aprons and we're all serving.
1: So, does each chef and the the mentee do they cook a course each? Yes, so they, they, do different, cor- okay.
3: they, they do a course. Okay. Each. They good. do a course. Each. So,
1: the fish course that you had in Kerry at the last event, can you remember what that was?
3: That was unbelievable, yeah. It was uh, it was a tuna tartare. It was diced up tuna with a compressed watermelon. There was a bit of calamansi, which is a type of citrus fruit, almost reminiscent of mandarin, but uh, a little bit more. There was a little bit of a, a kick to it. There was a little bit of homemade vinegar that uh, Philly brought down to just add a highlight to the dish. Um, there were a Nice avocado puree going around. And then there was a, what dressing was there? I think there was a black vinegar dressing on radishes just to dot around. Really simple in execution, but... I oh, it was banging in flavour, like you know, little lime zest just to finish the plate. So just when it's gone out to the room, you can get that fragrance. You know, sounds
1: fabulous. Yeah,
3: I know, beautiful, beautiful dish. But simple thing, it, this, the best food is simple, mm. and that, that that dish, three, four ingredients. But man, the flavour was just unbelievable.
1: And dessert then? You dessert was
3: what dessert a foods? buttermilk panna cotta, um, served in a glass with uh, cherry granola and the. Deepest, darkest cherry sorbet. Uh, un, the flavour from that sorbet was still unbelievable. But because the buttermilk is so soft and light, it was just be able to cut through it like unbelievable. It's really, really nice.
1: And who were the four young chefs that were involved at that in that event? And
3: um, just the dish that I said there was Emer Flynn from the Glen Eagle. The starter was Dan Dan is one of my chefs. Okay. Uh, there was a bereavement in the family actually, and Dan jumped in the last minute. Dan okay. Dan did the starter. Um, Louise O'Donoghue in the Merion in Dublin did the fish course and Roisin McDonagh from the Lake Hotel in Clarney did the main course.
1: And what was the main? Was it a meat? Do
3: you know, it was a beautiful homely dish that everybody loved. It was a it was a braised feather blade, 24-hour braised feather blade, just rolled so it almost looked like a beef fillet, uh, celeriac and truffle. There was a little bit of an apple foam and shallots but a really poignant dish like there was a lot of citrus flavour in it but homely as well but we're not a nice little element of surprise at the end with the apple farm
1: it's great to hear that the Marion hotels involved in it that they have given one of their team the time to participate given that it's not dublin like they all say well, everything the, happens in the, dublin so it's the, great. the one
3: the one prior to that we had uh jason nolan from gregans castle we had
1: is he one of the six finest? in the Yeah, Euro he was top? there
3: last year, and he's he's there this year again. Jason's a great lad. He did the main course in the one previous. We had James O'Sullivan from Le Crevan. We had Dan Moynihan again um, from the Breton, and Jordan O'Donoghue from the Europe Hotel. Brilliant young
1: chef, yeah,
3: good spread. But in saying that, like, I wouldn't want to put young chefs off. Saying that, like, these are high-end young chefs coming through. Like, if I don't care if we were working a three-star hotel, two-star hotel, chipper down the road. If you go and work with these guys, you can come back to this pop-up and say to yourself, do you know what? I can do it. I, I can absolutely do this.
1: So do you have a waiting list then? Do you have a lot of names and a list of young chefs that do want to, to get involved there because is, of the calibre of the programme?
3: There's, there's a website, ChefClub.com website, and there's a registration for mentors and for protégés. And uh, it's a fairly extensive list at the moment. But again, you know, I wouldn't want anybody to think, oh, I can't do that. You know, if you go and work with these guys and, you know, it's clinical that you choose mentors that have the patience and talent and care and, you know, the want to do it. And I think that's who I have. You know, if I don't, yeah, as I'm saying, I don't care where you work. Come, do it. You know, it might give you that little zest to say, you know what? I can go on. I can be a head chef somewhere. I can go to London. I can go and work in these places. I I can go to that next level. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this scheme, it's not a scheme, it's too organic for a scheme. But I'm just hoping this little thing that we're doing can inspire some young chefs and get young chefs back into the industry because it's a great industry and I think we need to shout about the positives, not just saying how hard it is because, you know, it's not hard. You work smart, you you don't work like a, a zombie people.
4: Well, it's
1: great to see the passion that you have for it and that you're trying to impart that passion on young people because obviously the chef's shortage in Ireland, there, it's no secret that we have a major chef shortage. So it's great to see that you're you're doing something about that and you're trying to address it. And I wish you all the best now with your event on Monday the 24th of September. It's chefcollab.com mm-hmm. is the website if people want to go on. And thanks for coming in to tell me about it tonight.
3: Oh, much appreciated. Thanks, Aaron.
0: You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan Sponsored by the Taste.ie, Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine
1: Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break Chef Chad Byrne shared details about the Chef Collaboration Project that he founded earlier this year and it's great to see it going from strength to strength so congratulations to Chad and continued success If you are just tuning in now and you missed that interview, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website. Now, still to come tonight, we have to hear from Mary Kelly from Dr Hauschka, who will be telling us all about their plant-based skincare and beauty range. But next, we're going to head to Enniscorthy in County Wexford, where this summer I met Owen Sharkey. Owen had travelled from his farm in County Meath with a few of its residents, and they had set up in the street to meet the passers-by. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. mm. Oh, and you've come a long way from Kells to be here in Anascorthy today with your mobile farm. When did you start the business?
2: Yeah, I started this about three years ago, um, going around and visiting a few schools, uh, starting off with my daughter's school and it just took off from there. And. I suppose primarily what we do here is that all these animals, so we have, uh, we start off with geese here, and then we've chickens with a rooster, then we've pigs and we've goats and we've lambs and we've calves, the whole selection of farm animals here. And they're all productive farm animals, and it's all about showing children what the animals are, telling them what it takes to look after them, what they produce and how it ends up in our kitchen and coming back to the food element of it.
1: Are you surprised when you come across children how little knowledge or how much knowledge
2: they have whenever it comes to the food chain? Oh, it, it can be astounding. I do a huge amount of schools in that as well. Like, And one of the, the most misunderstood animals by children is actually the pigs. And kids have this uh, idea about pigs because parents don't have the conversation about children anymore, where the meat comes from. And schools don't touch them that much either, so kids are educating themselves. And when they're playing games like um, virtual reality farm games, Farmville, Heyday, that sort of stuff, a lot of the kids, they, they cut their corn, they feed their cow, they milk the cow, they sell their milk. They cut their corn, they feed their pig, they fatten their pig, and in the game, when your pig is fat, you put it into a barrel and it goes in one side of the barrel, and it comes out the other side skinny, and your ration sausage come out on top. And kids have this fascination that if you can shear a sheep, why can't you shave a few rashes off a pig? And if a hen can lay an egg, why can't a pig lay a sausage? That's so mad. This is what I, I get asked this a couple of times a week by children. You know, sort of like kids might ask it in different ways, like, where did the where did the sausages come out? And
1: it sounds like although you're there to educate and entertain them to a certain degree, they mm. entertain you quite a lot.
2: Oh, listen, it's a job that you you, you couldn't do it unless you loved doing it now. Um, like it's, 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 been, it's early starts, um, there's a lot of set up here, there's a lot of mining, there's a lot of watching and all that, but it's great interacting with people and even with the older generations. well, a lot of them come up and they reminisce about when they used to keep pigs or when they kept goats or even people telling me funny stories about when they woke up one morning and there was a goat in their house things like that you hear all the great stories so yeah it's it's always good fun and good crack here hanging out at the farm
1: and like speaking about goats last year at Dingle you were down at the Dingle Food Festival and you That's were in right. the park there and we saw the goat was up at the top of your Land Rover
2: yes yeah goats are absolutely brilliant at climbing um, and they're very good at climbing up but not so good at climbing back down so the goat has, is well able to jump up in the front of the, the, the bumper to the bonnet to the wheel up onto the roof but not so good at getting back down again so and it always is a great uh, um, a great Element of novelty for children to see goats climbing like that.
1: And I suppose when he's up on the roof, then he's not going to go anywhere until you're ready for him to go somewhere. But do you have to physically lift I him do, down? I do. I have to
2: physically lift the goat down because you get in trouble for driving around with a kid on the roof. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, my my daughter has a great joke that she loves to tell people. Did you hear about the kids in Dublin? Their mother was a goat. She loves that joke. It's it. really funny, and she must have told it to me ten times before I actually got it and realised it was a funny goat, a funny yeah. a funny joke. Yeah. The business came about because you are a farmer. That's what you do. And yes. Geese and turkeys would be one of your specialities. Yes.
2: Yeah, so I do about uh, about a thousand free-range birds for Christmas, and um, and I sell mainly direct. So on the three days prior to Christmas, we're absolutely mental busy. It's twenty-hour days, and we'll have um, about over a thousand people come to the farm to pick up their produce um, and every year it gets bigger and bigger and every year people start making it where they bring their kids with them and they come for a couple of hours and then they take a walk around the farm and see all the other animals and that so yeah it's it's, it's, it's a business that we've grown over the years for we've done it now seven eight years so um, yeah it's been good to us now and because that's christmas based it's seasonal and the mobile farm is also seasonal as well so the mobile farm generally kicks off with the um, Galway Food Festival at Easter, and then from then on it's schools until the summer, and then the food festivals, and then I also do um, a lot of work with Castletown House um, with the OPW there, and also the National Stud. So it's it does a, a great demand, and one of the one of the most different things about this mobile farm is that all the animals here are productive farm animals. Does none of them? They may be tame, but they're not pets. They all have a role on the farm, and we don't dress it up. We don't give them names. We educate the children about what each animal is and what it produces. Why, as a farmer, I would keep that animal. Um, and we'll be doing goat milking here now later on as well. And again, with the goat milking, like I've had kids that come up and you'd hear them questioning to their mammy, Mammy, why doesn't you just go to the shop? Because they don't have yeah. this. And I find that the shows are very important in education because you're meeting people at the shows and those children might not necessarily be brought by their parents to an open farm or to the zoo or something like that so you're meeting a very broad spectrum of children at this show at this day today
1: and so these animals will one day go to the abattoir yes yeah yeah, okay. yeah.
2: this the, one of the ladies here just asked me how, how how big do the pigs grow and said like at eight months of age i'd be hoping they'd be weighing in between hanging weight of about 80 to 85 kgs um, and I was explaining to her that if it was a commercial pig, it'd be hanging out 100 kgs at four months, so it's twice, twice the, twice the life, and less than the, half the weight. Um, so it's yeah, it's all about educating them, and um, we don't dress it up at all. And who do you sell them on to? Is it uh, like a, a local butcher, for example? So I have you have probably seen in Dingle if you're at it. I had to sell with the piglets there. Um, I will sell on um, half the litter at about eight weeks as wieners, once they're weaned off the the sow. And then the rest of them I'll finish myself. I'll consume probably in our house about four pigs a year, which is quite a lot of meat. We like our meat in our house. Um, And then the rest of them I'll sell on direct. So the way it works is I sell lamb direct and I also sell um, lamb, some beef and some pig direct from the farm. And the geese and the turkeys that you do at Christmas, I'd say you, have, you
1: practically have a waiting list at this stage. Like you repeat yes, customers yeah, every we've year. we have a huge
2: amount of repeat customers. And um, it's mad that when you start to actually sit down and do the maths, that with the thousand birds, it means that on Christmas day, we're feeding around about 14,000 people. It's mad, isn't it? So on Christmas day, when everybody else is enjoying their Christmas dinner, I'm always <laughs> there thinking to myself now watching the phone thing, and I hope Mrs. Murphy cooked her turkey properly. And I hope Mr Dwyer didn't overcook it, because I he always hear these stories back afterwards, you know. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Now the weather has been very challenging for everybody in the farming community this year, all the rain and now all the sunshine. How has that affected you up in Kells?
2: Yeah, grass has just hasn't just hasn't happened. And like I suppose people will realise they haven't cut the lawn in maybe four or five weeks. And it's the same as if you're a farmer. You have no grass growth, you have no second cut of silage. You're halfway through, your first cut of silage eaten already. For me, I had to start supplementing the feed for the geese. Um, They were getting three bags of meal a day, um, which all, it all starts to add up. Um, And unfortunately, like my geese aren't going to be any more expensive when it comes to Christmas time. You won't get that money back on them. So it's just one of those things, like I was talking to a farmer last night and he's milking 330 hundred and Friesian cattle. And uh, he was averaging about 6,000 a week in extra expenses on feed bills like that's a massive hit for him to take absolutely you know you just have to you know chin up and carry on but we're all in the same boat that's the one thing about it and I think the the farmers we need to talk more about and we're all in the same boat absolutely
1: well listen I hope things pick up in the weather and it does But you need it to do um, to keep your animals supplied with their feed and whatnot it's been lovely to talk to you today you're here for the two days
2: Yes, yeah, here for two days and um, sun and shine at the moment, so if you're around, come on down. And what other festivals can we expect to see you at now um, up until October, November time? I'll hopefully now be, I have to get on to Dingle, I think I'll be at Dingle again and then, there's two other ones now, but I'm, I'm, I have to confirm with them yet. So, But I'm every Saturday and Sunday in Castletown House in Selbridge, which is an OPW, it's a beautiful place there. And again, we'll be doing the goat milking and butter making there as well each day. And then the National Stud as well every Sunday and Tuesday. Fantastic. Listen, have a great day. Yeah, you too. You too. I've some eggs for you here and before you go. Thanks a million.
0: You're listening to the best possible taste with Sharon Noonan, sponsored by the taste.ie, voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine.
1: Welcome back to the Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Meath farmer Owen Sharkey told me about the benefits of his mobile farm. And if you check out the Dingle Food Festival website, you'll find that Owen and his animal crew will be in attendance there at the start of October. Well worth seeking out. And if you're lucky enough, you'll get to bring home some very fresh eggs just as I did. So thanks for those, Owen. Earlier in the show, Chad Byrne shared details about the Chef Collaboration Project that he found earlier this year. And the next event is on this coming Monday, the 24th of September in Duhallo, County Cork. If you visit chefcollab.com, you'll find out how to get tickets for that if there's any left. If you are just tuning in and you've missed the start of the show, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on the website, SharonNoonan.com, as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website, Voted Ireland's Best Online Digital Food and Drink magazine. Now, our final guest this evening is Miri from Dr Hauschka, which is a range of plant-based organic skincare and beauty products. Miri was in my hometown recently and I met her in Sauna's health food stores for a little makeover. Let's have a listen.
0: Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up.
1: Delicious. Mmm. Miri, you're a skin expert with Dr Hauschka. Was this a person that lived long ago? Tell us a bit about who he was or she was.
4: Um, He, Dr. Hashko was a man. He was actually um, based mainly on the pharmaceutical side of things and passed away actually in 1969, so very current to this day. Um, He worked alongside a woman called Elizabeth Sigmund, and actually it was her brainchild of the Dr Hauschka range itself because Dr Hauschka himself was more interested on the medicinal elements and as I said worked a lot more on that pharmaceutical background and Elizabeth was an esthetician that was blown away really by his um, approach and processes with plants and was inspired by it and approached Dr Hauschka. Mm probably 54 years ago now, um, about creating uh, a skincare and beauty range. And uh, they were really rebels for their time because if you can imagine you know 54 years ago it was almost there was a side of vanity if you were to be seen to come into that skincare industry. industry um, so for Elizabeth and Dr. Houska, um, they set the trend and uh, they wanted to create a brand that was 100% natural that was um, environmentally friendly that had a respect uh, for humanity and the earth um, but at the same time a brand that smelled good felt good um, had an, an air of luxury to it at the same time so he was he was an extremely creative man and I loved that he embraced that time and Elizabeth and her rebel ways um, and ran with it and you know and funny enough Elizabeth worked with us up to three years ago at 97 years of age wow. so you know her touch and his touch were very much current Uh, It seems like it's a long time ago, but it really... Uh, isn't that that long ago at all but the funny thing is their train of thought and their ethos still very much stands today.
1: So you mentioned there about he worked with plants mm-hmm. and does that mean
4: that this skincare range and all the different products in the beauty range are the ingredients plant-based? Absolutely they're 100% plant extracts and organic so that was something they were very dedicated to they actually um, created um, a farm uh, and still is there and they still grow most of their products there in Germany Um, and it was something that they really wanted to respect and understand the way the plant world worked and the rhythm of plants so they actually created a process called WALA Dr Hauschka did um, and it's an acronym for Warmth Ash Light Ash, which is that natural kind of rhythm um, of life and uh, rhythm of plants and he really tested the theory of that, everything from extreme heats to extreme darkness to stillness and how the plants worked, how long they lasted and created actually a Rosa extract um, that would last up to 30 years just from really understanding that process Um, and to this day we still use that approach and it's something we very much respect so um, it's wonderful to see how much work and uh, train of thought he put into um, this whole uh, industry with the beauty, it's something you don't see too often today at the same time keeping it quite simple for the customer. Um, but there's a lot of confidence in this brand that what you're getting is that 100% natural and um, organic plant.
1: The organic side of things, is it is it um, usual for companies to have organic status?
4: Um, it, certain companies absolutely will but actually, you know, unfortunately today there isn't a huge amount of legislation um, within the skincare industry, which for a customer can be slightly deceiving because there are brands that make Call themselves organic or natural, but actually you need maybe up to a minimum of three percent of organic ingredients to, uh, you know, use that name. And if I'm a customer today and I feel I'm buying an organic brand. I'm, you know, in my naivety, I think uh, it's almost 100% natural. I certainly don't think possibly 97% of it is synthetic. And I suppose uh, what we're very proud of is we're part of the true Group, which is an accreditation. There's actually 5,400 brands only in the world that have been given this status. And it's a rigorous. Um, process to go through, you need to ensure that every ingredient you use is 100% natural, that it's recyclable that there's uh, no cruelty to animals that it's fair trade, there's a level of efficacy and not only just the company but who you work with, your suppliers, your processes that you use, so it's not something they give lightly and every single one of our brands and products has this accreditation so what we feel is we can give that confidence to that customer that what they're getting is what it's on the tin, really, um, and they're getting that 100% plant extract um, and a very respectful and environmentally friendly brand as well at the same time.
1: And since you started working in the beauty industry, say, was it 20 years ago, have you noticed a change and a shift in customers and the questions that they ask? Because I don't think 20 years ago I would have been that concerned about ingredients or where they were sourced or what actually was in the product. I just would have bought it and stuck it onto my face. But I think now that's something that I'm more interested
4: in. Have you seen a change in in consumers' behavior over the years? A huge change. Uh, consumers are a lot more educated and um, you know often they're coming in really asking a lot more detailed questions and wanting to ensuring what they use is not only good for them but good for their family possibly good for their children. You know a bit like food you want to know what you're eating, where it's possibly been sourced, made, you know who you're, um, who you're purchasing it from, is it local possibly. So I, I absolutely see a massive change and one I'm excited about because I suppose with our brand, all the the elements that are so important to a customer are just as important to us. So when we're you know queried about uh, how we process the plants, how we source the ingredients, you know, the recyclable and environmental friendly side of it, you know, we're very proud of that because that's something we've done since day one. The brand is 51 years old. That was our train of thought from day dot and that hasn't changed. So although this conversation is very current now, you know, that was something that we stood by from the very beginning. And I think you see yourself, you know, there's um, a whole new customer at that view vegan customer is very current at the moment and although it's not our story we absolutely have huge respect and want to ensure that we give that customer just as good an experience as someone that possibly isn't vegan so we have about 70 75% of our range is vegan friendly and um, we do use beeswax we do use honey in certain elements you know any of the consultants that are within the store and certainly here in uh, Sonus, can be, Show you um, what products would be suitable for someone that is vegan conscious, but you know we still have that vegetarian, that gluten-free customer as well. So we want to ensure that everyone's uh, needs are met as much as possible, and this certainly is the brand to do that. Uh, but times have changed, and uh, we need to make sure that we move with it. But certainly our ethos and what we believe in um, is probably you know more current today than any other and any other time. So we're very proud to be part of this industry at this time.
1: And there is a huge connection between skin care and the quality of your skin and what you eat and nutrition, but it is so much easier to be putting the right product on your skin I feel than to be getting your diet right. So you know if you want to really address some skin issues, tell us about some of the products
4: you have in the range and what sort of skin routine you would recommend. I think Sharon you used the right word there routine. You know one thing we really recommend is consistency. Um, and you are right it can be as easy as you want it to be, but I think we're all, you know, we can all put our hands up to say, actually, we can be a bit lazy when it comes to our skincare routine. Um, For me, it's very important that I understand the needs of the customer first and foremost, and their lifestyle, because that very much comes into play. What environment are they placing themselves in? And how do I protect their skin from that environment? So it's, you know, their needs are key and, so if somebody is working in an
1: office environment what you would suggest for them would be completely different to somebody that's working in an outdoor environment?
4: 100% because your skin works um, very differently in the day than it does in the night so our skin is very clever it actually works quite effectively without us doing anything in the daytime its main job is to protect itself against the environment so if that environment is the office where there's air conditioning, you know maybe you're close to your computer uh, maybe your your lifestyle. And what you're eating um, is just grab and go. It, it, we're going to recommend to that type of person and what we need to protect her her or his skin from um, rather than maybe someone that's outdoors a lot. So understanding that or at least for the customer, make sure they made that clear if they're not asking, if the consultant isn't asking that question. But absolutely, we meet the needs of the customer. We don't just simply look at them and say, oh, well, I think she looks like she has dry skin. It's really important to understand the the whole story Um, and even for that in the day where you have that element of protection at night it's a whole different time for the skin it's so productive our skin is at it's busiest at night so it self cleanses it excretes waste it repairs, it renews and funny enough where a lot of people's night regime is quite busy and you know they have their masks on at night or they have their serums actually nearly less is more at night because what you'll do is you'll create a sluggishness with the skin that's already being productive and positive because you've over it with a lot of oil-based products. And at night, it's about a consistent cleansing, ensuring your skin is perfectly clean, and then adding more water-based products, something that'll work deeper into the skin to support that natural productivity. Because, again, that comes back to our story. We're here to strengthen what your skin already does, not um, put something in its place or... Um, Um, have your skin reliant on a a product or an ingredient to do the job when actually we're so fortunate that our skin does a lot of the work for it it's ourselves anyway
1: the way you're talking there it reminds me of, of our metabolism what we put into our bodies how that can affect the metabolism so what you're saying is what you put on your skin and if you're putting on the wrong things at night you're actually maybe doing more damage than good
4: Well this is it, you know, I think we have to understand our skin and our body uh, to be able to support it, so, you know, that's key for me when I'm uh, talking with uh, a customer. I just want them to understand how effective our skin is and how we can actually you know, do very little with it to support it at the same time but it's about consistency and as you said using the right products. Sometimes I, I give an example where you might eat a lot of takeaways but because you're getting your supplements you think you're getting enough from that. If you stop the supplements your body's not in great condition because all the takeaways and the The coke and the food hasn't been strengthening your body. We're the organic kind of uh, company where you're eating healthy, you know, you're getting your balance of your supplements. um, But even if you stopped your supplements for a week, your body's strong because you've been eating so well. That's our approach. We want to make your skin strong so that even if you had a bad weekend or there's a late night, your your skin is at its strongest regardless because our brand, our product has strengthened it to work effectively and stronger. And that's really our trainer thought we don't want it to be reliant on something we don't want someone else to do its job for it we're so fortunate it's already proactive so let's support that to its best but ensure we get the right product for you that meets your needs
1: in terms of the skincare range then is it you've cleansers toners moisturizers eye creams tell us a bit more about what all the different products are
4: absolutely we have probably 280 products all together and 63 different products in our beauty our makeup range as well so we really have something for everyone and um, in a perfect regime we do a three-step cleansing so a cleansing that cleans the outer layer of the skin everything from makeup to res- residue. Then your cleanser that works more on the inner layer, skin renewal, dry skin cells, blocked pores. And then we finish with our facial toner, which more, um, I suppose, eases the skin, closes the pores, and preps it for your moisturizer. So that three-step cleansing is certainly that something we promote. We have your day moisturizer, then that meets your needs, and a night serum. That's very much the the basis of our regime, but we also have a huge body range. And although I love the body range for how it feels and how it smells, there's an amazing medicinal benefits to it as well. So, you know, we work with St. John's Worth um, in certain elements to help with maybe stress. We have more lavender for that, that person that has that anxiety or pressure in their life to help them rest and uh, to, I suppose, preserve their energy. We have lemon lemongrass to revitalize and invigorate for those people that struggle to to get out of bed. So although they smell great and they feel great, there's actually that medicinal benefit to our range as well. And especially people that really struggle within their skin, whether it's rosacea, eczema, uh, dermatitis, um, and that type of person, it's you know, they, they worry, they're conscious and there's a, a lot of emotions that are attached to that so we've created a range that also is uh, quite sensitive uh, to that type of skin type but not only helps calm it but repair and nurture it and strengthen it as well, so there are a lot of medicinal benefits, we have something there for everyone I have to say it's, it's a full range and even with our makeup which we just recently launched in 2017, a whole new range um, it's a treatment range which means yes it it still covers and it, it covers the breakouts and gorgeous 18 colours of lipstick but actually it's treating your skin at the same time so it's hydrating it, it's moisturising it it's protecting it so you get the best of both worlds. Absolutely, well I'm looking
1: forward to seeing you demonstrate all the different products tonight, even better that I am the model yes. so I will be transformed though you do have your work cut out for you. <laughs> it's a fantastic story,
4: thanks so much for telling me about it If people want to find out more we're on Dr Hashka underscore Ireland on Instagram and Facebook, um, and we're also on uh, www.dorh.ie. And we also sell online as well. But I have to say, within Sonus, the girls are here for that one to one consultation. Uh, it's a perfect time to come into Newcastle West and make sure you're on the right regime for you. Fantastic. Best of luck with the demo. Thank you so much, Sharon, and thank you for your time.
0: Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up.
4: Delicious. Mmm.
1: Lovely to meet Miri and I have to say she did a wonderful job with my visage, not an easy task. So I'm very happy to report that I have a makeup bag full of beautiful Dr. Hauschka products and my skin is all the better for it. Now, before we go, a quick reminder that the Pigtown Food Series continues in Limerick City and County, including a lovely twilight dinner at the award-winning Mustard Seed in Ballingarry, County Limerick, next week on Thursday, the 27th of September. The dinner is only €48 Euros and you can stay the night for €55, Euros bed and breakfast per person sharing. So that is great value. There's also a free cookery demonstration in the milk market this Saturday with Peter Jackson from the Armada Hotel in Spanish Point and a literary brunch with food writer Rachel Keeley on Sunday. And that's just a few examples of what's still to come. If you visit pigtown.ie, you'll get all the details there. And that sadly brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thanks to this evening's guests, Chad Byrne, Owen Sharkey and Mary Kelly. Thanks to you for listening and don't forget to get in touch with your food and drink news, recipes and events. Email me on s.nonan at live.ie. I'll be back next week with more food and drink news. So until then, bon appétit.
0: Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. Bon Appetit.